Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping episode 51. This is our secret scary aliens episode. With me is Brent Spiner of the show, Jackson. Look, you can't do this every time. <laughs> the running gag can't be an insulting way to introduce me, your co-host and best friend. You're the... Look, Brent Spiner steals the, like, three scenes he's in on Independence Day. <laughs> yeah? I don't yeah. know if he's in the... Is he in the sequel? I, who saw... Nobody saw that. I didn't see that. We named it last time, but we don't haven't actually seen it. No. Okay. I, I, didn't like the, I didn't like it the first time. Why would I watch the rehash? Would you like Independence Day with like a hundred percent less Will Smith? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really have anything like any a special affection for Will Smith, so that's not a deal breaker. But like, I don't want more Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Like the worst part is they got rid of Randy Quaid, and I still don't want to see it. So that's how you know they made made a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, but it's actually really easy to make you not want to see a movie these days. Uh, that's true. Tarzan in theaters now. <laughs> People on my feed talking about how I should see Tarzan. Nope. Are they really? <laughs> yes. Why? Apparently it's interesting. Okay. Does he have the power to be strong and the wisdom to be wise? He has both of these things. Okay. Is that song in the movie? No. <laughs> okay. Well, then I don't... Why would you ever want to see it? I'm not going to see it, so there you go. Okay. What movie did you go see this holiday weekend? The holiday of your country's falling apart. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I saw uh, the movie of sitting on Twitter watching my country fall apart. Who's, who's gonna? Who is going? To, are, how 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 long do you think it's going to be until you're asked to take control of your country? <laughs> about, I guess is the question I want to ask. About five minutes. Okay. The Parliamentary Labour Party is just going to shoot itself in the face. And I'm I feel like you in. could probably do a better job than the people who already gave up the position. Every single person who is a leading figure in the campaign to do the thing that destroyed the company has uh, the company the country has now resigned. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking shit show. Yeah, no, it's it it, it is the world's worst long running joke. <laughs> but what does this mean for the release schedule for Persona Five? <laughs> Neo I mean, Gaff- I- gets to the bottom of this. <laughs> Uh, it's fine. D- just don't ask about Persona or Shin Megami Tensei Four Apocalypse. <laughs> no, that's never happening. It wasn't happening yeah. before, but now it's extra not happening. Uh, this weekend, Axis announced like four Otome games for the Vita in 2017. So that's exciting. The Vita's not dead. The Vita's going to outlive the 3DS. Uh, that's the sad truth. But it's only <laughs> going to do it on the backs of dating games, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. That's I'll take dating money games. If you can get it. Uh, I'll take dating games over titty RPGs when it comes to the uh, Japan otaku bait. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. I think I agree with you, but I think it's a closer toss-up than. That, okay, one you're might right. Think. I I made that sound like it was no qualifications required. Yeah, there's a lot of qualifications there. Yeah. Like if your titty RPG is like Star Ocean Five, then yeah, sure, of course, I'll take the Otome every day. Mm-hmm. But if your titty RPG is near. Then, you know, let's have a conversation. <laughs> let's have a conversation about Nier. Yeah. Jackson, how is video games? How are you? How are you, how are you in video games? I played all the Dead Rising that exists on this planet last week. I didn't want to ask you about that yet. <laughs> okay. Tell me about Mega Man. <laughs> right, that's a video game. Uh, Mega Man's cool. So I've been doing the Morning Mega Man series, uh, as has been the tradition, and have slowed down 
recently of of not playing as much Mega Man, which has been infuriating for you, as I've just kind of died at the start of a level one day and then got a little bit further the next day, which more accurately reflects the actual structure of Mega Man. Except <laughs> not the part where then you put it away for a day. Like, yes. that's not how any child played Mega Man. That's true. No, because then I come back and I'm like, oh, how do I, what are the buttons again? Oh, uh, and it's it's good. Mega Man Three is good. Uh, it's it's picking up. I feel like there's weird. I don't know why that game doesn't have an intro or like a title screen. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I don't. I don't. I remember it having one, but maybe that's just in the manual. It must be because there's none. There's none in the game. And two yeah. is, has such a very deliberate one, and that's one of its most obvious. Like this is a more polished sequel moments uh mm-hmm. compared to the first one i don't know it's weird old games are weird like you could just the idea that you could just go from uh this uh sequel that was developed to the side and ended up being this big thing to the sequel to that and just like not have those things is totally something that wouldn't happen now mm-hmm. but uh it could then it's cool it's interesting i'm enjoying the journey we're done with three soon then we'll carry on and i won't know any of the songs after that yeah i know it's gonna be weird there's still good songs though I bet they are. Yeah. Uh, I remember really liking Mega Man 6. I think it has some goofy shit in it. That's the thing I like about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, I don't, I don't really remember the gimmick. One of them has a Russian as the bad guy. Sure. Yeah, Dr. Kossick. Dr. Robotnik. No, Dr. Kossick. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to call him Dr. Ro- Robotnik. No, don't do that. Dr. Kossick's like... Like, no. <laughs> Dr. Kossick's better than Dr. Robotnik, and also Dr. Robotnik doesn't exist, so... That's true. He is Dr. Eggman. Thank you very much. I won't, uh, I won't insist on calling him Dr. Robotnik. That would be cruel. No. Uh, so, as you might have guessed, this is our, like, casual cast? Remember how we were like, we're gonna make a casual podcast and not do a game club, and then we did a game club? Well, here's <laughs> us doing the thing that we said we are gonna do originally. Hooray! So this will have music in it and maybe some edited segment breaks. We're just going to sit and talk video games for a little while. Uh, yeah. Which is why if you if you have questions and comments or anything, you send them to podcastabnormalmapping.com and we'll read them in these kind of episodes. We'll answer your questions at length. We'll have a good time. If you just want to send me a diatribe about why X game is good, I'll read it. Tell you you're dumb. Well, in the 90s were a different time. I think, you know. I didn't mean Mega Man X. Oh, I was talking about the X Games. Look, oh. we watch. We I have to talk about this. We watched the saddest video. <laughs> yeah, sure, we can talk about this. This is video games related. This is video games related. So Tony Hawk landed his final nine hundred the the last week, uh, in a video which I feel like I want to show to anyone who uh, like wants to get into writing or filmmaking or any video game people who don't know how to tell stories because it's the the most basic easiest way of understanding how to get someone to care about something happening and it's just tony hawk sadly driving to this place saying oh i did the 900 in the 90s and now i'm gonna do my final 900 and it's just him failing at it over and over and over again and to then be when fair, he, yeah. i don't think that i don't think tony hawk or that video is actually particularly sad no, but I was like, fuck yes, when Tony Hawk landed it. Yeah. I cared. It got me. It was all, It's all in the fact that it just edits six times of him failing before he succeeds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the most basic 101 editing ever, but it worked. So the thing I didn't realize as someone who only knows skateboarding through skateboarding games is how gracefully you can wipe out if you've done it literally a million times. Oh, no, yeah, he knows how to fall down. 
Yeah, because he falls down in like such a like grace. Like it looks, it looks comfortable. I'm sure it isn't, but it doesn't look like that bad at all. He he just goes to his knees and then slides on the pad. Yep, it's really cool. No, then you you like well, you can feel yourself going, and then you get into the position that means you'll like slide rather than break all your bones. <laughs> and it, it doesn't work every time. <laughs> well, that's why we have the Hall of Meat. It's true. Anyway, that's the Tony Hawk, <laughs> the Tony Hawk tangent. Yeah, I mean, that's important because Tony Hawk basically is video games. Uh, yeah, the father of video games, Anthony Hawk, the Birdman. Yeah. I would say Tony Hawk is, like, almost as relevant to video games as he is skateboarding. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The- these days, more so to video games. Maybe that's just because I don't follow skateboarding close enough, though. Yeah, as I was going to say, the, like, to the wider culture, he's probably more known for video games, but that's only because skateboarding is not where it used to be. Mm-hmm. Are they- Do the X Games still happen? Let's check. Fact check. That's what we're bringing to this have podcast. Have they just not folded skateboarding into the Olympic Games yet? Like, <laughs> no! Are Mar- Mario and Sonic going to skateboard? Like, it feels like it's something that should just be an Olympic sport at this point to me. Uh, it's not an Olympic sport. I, I think the X Games still, ex- still exists, yeah? X Games still like, go. You you made it sound like that was a ludicrous statement that you could just put that in as an Olympic sport. I don't think that's weird. I don't think it's weird, but I don't think it'll ever happen. Hmm. Is it because they want to keep, like, skateboarding legit or because the olympics need to pretend that they're legit both okay both sides would be unhappy about skateboard like skateboarding doesn't want the mainstream acceptance they just want to keep existing have the x games happen someone will come up and play a bad scar song still even though it's 2016 like skateboarding doesn't change i i cannot imagine skateboarding is still listening to ska come on okay it's still listening it's a, a blink 182 album came out in like three days ago was it good you don't want me to get into it. <laughs> I do. This is our chill cast. Tell the audience what you think about Blink-182. This is the content they crave. Okay, right. Well, okay, well, prepare the button for the Stop Jackson Talking About Blink-182 button. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so, it's their first album without Tom DeLonge, who is mm-hmm. the bad singer person that anyone actually knows from that band that goes, Where are you? Over and over again. Uh, and it's bad. It's bad. It's just the dude from Goldfinger producing, and so they all sound like Goldfinger songs. Weirdly, there's no hooks or anything. And I was I was sad because I liked their last album, uh, which was in 2011. Even that was a weird dour thing that everyone was angry at. Uh, and anyway, I'm going to put the new Blink One Eight Two album. I can't talk about it more because otherwise I have to explain my dumb like who cares about Blink One Eight Two other than does me? it sound like Blink One Eight Two? It sounds more like Plus Forty Four. Jackson. <laughs> You <laughs> hit the button. Hit the button. <laughs> That's what I get for trying to get real takes out of you. Those were all real takes. That's the worst part. I know, but when you say them like that, they just sound like horrible jokes. That's it's my life. <laughs> Should we talk about video games? Yeah. <laughs> what did you play? You actually, you've been playing Assassin's Creed. I want your Assassin's Creed takes. Okay, so after many years, I decided to hop back into Assassin's Creed with the hot new Assassin's Creed release, Assassin's Creed 3, uh, which is from 2011, I assume? Nope. Take a guess which year it's from. 2010? No, come on. They they are talking about... Is it from 2012? Yes! Okay. <laughs> that's, okay. that's why everything. <laughs> okay. So, um... I played the Assassin's Creed games basically in order, but kind of bailed out about 10% into Revelations. That's the one, right? Uh, Old Ezio. 
Yes, in which I realized that I had to do tower defense at all, and I was like, nope, never, never. You can't make me. I'm not going to play a tower defense game. I don't care how you package it. Yep. Uh, you want to talk about the franchises that I hate, tower defense, right at the top. Um, and uh, Which is a shame, because as much as like Brotherhood's got some problems, and the first game's got some problems, I actually really liked Assassin's Creed. But then everyone's like, oh, Assassin's Creed 3 is bad, so I never played it. And now that series is in, like, hiatus. They're taking a sabbatical to figure their shit out. It's one year off. There's a yeah, movie but, this year. But, like, that one year seems monumental in the world of Assassin's Creed. Three games have come out since Syndicate. Uh, those don't count? <laughs> I know, but, like, it does feel like it's gone, even though it's continued on at the same pace. Yeah, no, but, like, they never... They didn't take a year off between... out uh, Between one and two was the only other time they took time off, right? Yes. Yeah. So this is the it, first year off since since then. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm like, oh, I'll just play Assassin's Creed 3 because I wanted to play an open world game in between all this Kingdom Hearts stuff, which we can get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that game's really interesting because, like, I know people complain about it being really bad, but as long as you're not engaging with the part where it's an open world game, I actually have really enjoyed it so far. Um, it's, if you don't know, Assassin's Creed 3 takes place in the American Revolution and you're Connor... Uh, what's that guy's name? I don't remember his last name. Kenway. Yep. I mean, you uh, have a Native American name, which I can't really pronounce. Yes. Uh, And the the game says the exact same thing. We're not even going to try to pronounce this. And then they call you Connor. (laughs) Um, And you're off to fight your dad, who's a Templar, and be part of the revolution, which means basically you're forced gumping your way through the entire American Revolution. Uh, the, I have I have dumped tea in a harbor and escorted Paul Revere to households as he tells them the British are coming. I assume at some point I'm going to be on a boat as Washington's crossing the Delaware. To be fair, uh, every single Assassin's Creed game has you forest gumping through yeah, things, no, no, but I as know, they become it, more recognizable. The, yeah, that's the thing. It becomes more hilarious when you have a context. Like, I... Uh, once upon a time in another life, I was like really into medieval literature. So the stuff in Assassin's Creed 2 was almost the exact same thing for me, where like I recognized almost all of the major players in that game and kind of knew the rough form of how that stuff went. <laughs> and then they and all so, turned out to be assassins. <laughs> yes. And then when like Ezio has to go and punch out the Borgia Pope, it's like, <laughs> what is even happening? Um, <laughs> but this is to other people also recognizably hilarious. Uh, also, as I was playing it this weekend, uh, Destiny was hearing a little bit of it and was just constantly making Hamilton references and wondering where Alexander Hamilton was in all this mess. And I, I have not yet come across Alexander He's Hamilton. not important enough. Before <laughs> yeah, the which, musical, he wasn't... No yeah. one cared. But the main guy you're going after is Charles Lee, who gets put in command of Washington's fortresses, Washington's for- forces ahead of uh, Hamilton. And he sings a song about it. About I'm a general. We... Yes. Yes. And that's no. the that's the evil Daniel Day Lewis alike that you're hunting for the entire game. Oh, is that? Oh, nice. Okay. Yes. Um, it's interesting because in redesigning Assassin's Creed to be about the things that the American wilderness suggests, in that there's a lot of open spaces and the towns aren't really dense, and you're doing a lot of like arms, fi- like you're using a lot of firearms, and you're doing a lot of like. Like, you don't actually do a lot of assassinating in the traditional sense. It's a lot of being part of this war where you're just around the edges of like, as, like, a Wetworks hitman guy. And there's no real need to be subtle because nobody's subtle because they're busy shooting each other on hilltops. Uh, the game just becomes, like, 
the part where it's a game in which you're supposed to stealthily go around and stab dudes and the part of the game where it's like go and open all the chests and collect all the feathers becomes intolerable because the game world becomes massive and none of it feeds back into the main story because the main story is set by a history that's like relatively well known and set in stone in a way that like the other like Assassin's Creed 1 gets to fudge a lot of stuff by being set in like the 1100s. Mm-hmm. You can't fudge like what happens on Bunker Hill and Paul Revere's ride. Like you can do a little bit, but at the end of the day, like you can't have the feathers go into Washington's hat to make him more powerful or something stupid like that. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> they did that tyranny of King Washington DLC. I'm not going to play that. I didn't Me buy that. Me neither. But, um, and so when you treat it like an Assassin's Creed game in which like Assassin's Creed was defined by let's run around and do like side missions and climb stuff in open world, it feels really bad because they simplified the part where you're running and climbing a lot and all of the like high points where you synchronize are just cookie cutter. Here's a church or if you're in the wilderness, here's a tree. And they're, they're literally the exact same. I got really good at climbing that tree <laughs> in, like three seconds. Cause it's literally the same thing every time. Um, and it just, and all that like open world trappings ends up feeling really not special, but in the framework of the story they're telling where like you start out as Haytham, who is a Templar that they don't tell you is a Templar, even though you probably guess, uh, and then it goes to his son as the son grows up. It, it's like the first six hours of that game are like a game starts that's an open world Assassin's Creed game. And then it immediately gets flushed down the toilet for a second game that like boots up within it. That's a different Assassin's Creed game. Mm-hmm. And that stuff's really interesting because like the meta context of Assassin's Creed feels like it's trying to go somewhere. Even though I know it ends up not doing that and they flush it all after this game. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame that, that happens, but I like this game a lot. I I think it's telling, like, maybe the most interesting story in the, like, animus part of an Assassin's Creed that's happened in a game like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, it's probably the closest they get to questioning the Assassins as, like, a th- ideological uh, entity. Yeah, it's weird because they, it seems like they went to all the effort of, like, setting up the Templars in a way they're like, oh, they can be sympathetic. Oh, they're, like, the guys who are just here holding down this, like, wasteland of the new world like there's just like a bunch of bad cities on the swamps that nobody likes or wants and they're just gonna build a structure here and then immediately during after the time skip they become like evil racists yep they're Uh, not evil until suddenly the twist reveals they're evil and then they're evil yeah and they're like cartoonishly evil and i would have liked the idea that like because the assassins and templars have been doing this literally forever that maybe the power structure swings and the pendulum moves and the assassins are the ones who are big giant dicks in control of everything for a little while. And the mm-hmm. Templars have to fight from underneath and find like a good cause. And it never does that. Like Assassin's Creed, because of the timescale it plays with, is the only game series that could get away with saying maybe both sides are sometimes wrong. And yet they don't do that. And it's like kind of frustrating how simplistic that makes everything on the timescale the game operates in. Yeah, and like they know this is a problem because in Syndicate, there's this cutscene where uh, Evie is fighting whatever uh, evil woman from the Templars and the evil Templar woman just basically goes, all the assassins do across history is try to stop us. Why do you never do anything yourself? Like, you don't stand for anything, you just stand against us. That's a really shit thing to do. Uh, and then they like they, they, stand, like, they, they acknowledge that and they don't really go anywhere with it. Uh, which I feel like is a most long-running series that have uh, ideas uh, in video games 
for the most part. I'll just use mm. them as templates to advertise on and kind of hint at, but never really interrogate. Yeah. Which is a shame. Yeah. So I've got this informal plan that I'm going to play all the Assassin's Creeds. So I guess we're going to find out. I mean, I'm not going to go back and play Revelations, obviously, but I'm going to play all the ones after this and we're going to see how that goes. We're going to see how that goes. Well, let me know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like a little over halfway through Assassin's Creed 3 <laughs> because I'm since I have like seven of them to play, there's no reason to do any of the open world stuff. So I'm just going to kind of motor my way through the main story really fast. Yeah, you've got so you've got this, you've got Black Flag, you've got Rogue, you've got Unity. Maybe Rogue. Maybe Rogue. Maybe Rogue. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I also have Liberation, Liberation. Freedom Cry. Uh, all right. Freedom Cry. Yeah. That's technically a separate game to four. Yeah. And then Unity and then uh, Syndicate. And then if I'm still alive after all of this, <laughs> maybe the Chronicles games? Maybe. The, the yeah. they're shitty, we made Mark of the Ninja kind of, kind of games. Yeah. Got to get geared up for the Assassin's Creed next year. I hope they call it the Assassin's Creed. Yep. What if they? What? What else would they call it? Assassin's, Assassin's Creed Five. Assassin's Creed Nemesis. Like, you know? No, no. They can't come back after a year off and just give it a subtitle. They will. No, they won't. Assassin's Creed Five. Yeah, that's alright. That would be hilarious. <laughs> yep. Assassin's Creed again. Because that implies a universe in which three goes into black flag, goes into five, and that's the path that matters, and that makes zero sense. I don't know why I care, but I care that they fucked up the numbering with four, because they only called black flag four because no one liked three. Yep. Uh, whereas before that, the three, the number de- like doesn't delineated. What's the fucking designated? That's the I'm an idiot. Uh, be the time period, yeah, yeah, like the time period switch or like the engine switch. Uh. That is, ne- it, is Assassin's Creed Revelations actually Assassin's Creed 2 colon Re- Revelations? No, is that it's, just, it's just okay. a subtitle. Okay. Um, but but Brotherhood is Assassin's Creed 2 Brotherhood, isn't it? No. Is it not? It's just Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Okay. Okay. I was confused for a second at what you meant by all of this. Branding. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Please enjoy my brands. You played this game, right? Assassin's Creed 3, yes I did. Yeah, and you didn't like it? I, well, I tried to do, I did all the open world stuff. Did you do, Did you actually do all the open world stuff? No, I did all the open world stuff until, like, I did every single thing I could, I collected all the feathers, did everything until, like, 75% of the way through, and I was like, fuck this, I can't, I'm going to die. And just, then I mainlined it. I don't even understand, like, I'm, I was given a boat once, and then it told me I could go on naval missions, but I've not done any of them. It explained how, like, the homesteading, like, you can, like, get items from the people who live in your homestead and sell them or craft stuff. I don't know why you would do that. I've never <sighs> interfaced so with that. It's so bad. It's so bad. Right? There's a huge hunting mini game that doesn't seem to do anything for you. I did a lot of it. Benjamin Franklin was like, hey, collect some pages, and I've never met Benjamin Franklin again. I don't know where he lives. <laughs> I collected a lot of those pages. You're going to uh, be collecting those pages in four. Uh, that would, that's what gave you the sea shanty. Yes. Right? Yeah, that's what I want. I'm just here for singing. That's all I really want. I want those singings. I want those songs. Uh, but 4 is like... 4 doesn't have all the wilderness traversal stuff, right? 4's totally got the wilderness traversal stuff. 
I didn't. I thought it was like more focused on port towns, and that it is focused of... on port towns, but it's like very clearly Assassin's Creed Three too. Oh sure, but they take out a lot of the stuff that defines three to me, which is like be in this giant wilderness space and hunt jaguars or something. Oh sure, okay, yes. There's less like wild animals running at you, but let's just yeah. like take a boat to an island and get off the island and run on the trees. Okay, I I enjoy running on the trees. I wish they'd make you like they made you use it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, that game. I feel like they took out a lot of the ways to be really good at being stealthy in that game. No, they definitely did. Like, you can't crouch properly in that the games in that engine. Yeah. Uh, you don't and have... That, like, I can't hire dudes to, like, walk around me. Nope. Uh, it's like, how am I supposed to kill people silently? I played Assassin's Creed 2 killing all of my targets stealthily. That's it, how I played that game. It wasn't even, like, super difficult. No. I just but this game, it. this game, it's like, why don't you just fight these fifteen British soldiers? And I'm like, okay, sure, I guess it's not that hard. <laughs> I've it's got this... easier than trying to do this stealthily. I've got this axe, and the few times it does ask you to do anything stealthily, it's so hard. Uh, yeah, it's really bad because it, I feel like uh, in the games, like with this and four, all the stealth is context sensitive in terms of it's about being in the right space, uh, yep. rather than oh, okay, so what tools do I have to actually hide myself? It's, no, you have to stay in the bushes until this point, then you move then, because you'll start crouching contextually when you're in stealth zone. Yep. Either get in the bushes or stand between these three men who are having a conversation around you. And hope one of them doesn't move slightly. Yep. Assassin's I've had Creed. that go badly. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, the part where it's still janky Assassin's Creed and maybe is like the jankiest it's ever been is a real bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you can tell why no one likes that game. Yeah, no, and like, Connor is... Because, like, Ezio is like Han Solo. You you always call him, like, shitty Han Solo man, right? Uh, that's what I think of the four protagonists. Uh, okay. Who I... Because I've tried to play four three times now, and I've only ever got three chapters in. I've never actually got to the part where I have a big boat. Um, okay. Uh, and he is totally... At least at the point I've got, I can't speak to the arc of it, but he's totally, I'm roguish Han Solo man. Hello. Yeah. And, and Ezio is like, that as well. Uh, you're but, introduced to Ezio as him, like, climbing into ladies' bedrooms with his assassin climbing powers. Oh, sure, but I've seen the, like, Ezio arc in two, and I like Ezio growing up. Yeah, but Connor is just, like, he's just kind of, like, a big tough guy like he, he he's like oh i'm gonna get revenge on my village being attacked and i'm going to save the people my people who are guarding this mystical cave of precursor technology and to do that i'm going to join the assassins which means all of these like american founding fathers are just going to order him around to do shit that isn't actually his goal but under the pretense of maybe they'll help him out for the entire game mm-hmm like, the amount of times they just point him at the British and say, like, oh, they're working with this Templar and get him to do basically anything is profound. And he is not caught on at all that he is just being used by everyone. Uh, and I get why people don't, like, jive to that. But I like that as, like, here's your video game protagonist and what they actually represent in a world in which has political nuance is that they are just tools to be used by people who know that this person is guided only by like a single emotion. Yeah, because that's the structure of every open world video game plot, I feel like, is you go to the mission giver and they you say, I want this thing from you. And they say, sure, get me this first or kill this guy first or do this first. And Assassin's Creed 3 is the most explicit of you are just going to be told what to do by all these people you've heard of. Yep. The part where it ties into you feeling kind of like ambivalent about your dad wanting you to open the vault to save the world in 2012 is hilarious, but there's also that. Yep, because it has to be, it's the big, the grand conclusion to the Assassin's Creed saga. It is baffling that this is the game they tried to wrap all this up with. Like, I assume they just ran out of time, but man, is it a, is, is that part kind of a giant mess? I, do, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. 
they were clearly building to Assassin's Creed, the final one, being the big open world, like, present day game, and they never did it. Nope. Then they made Watch Dogs. And then just flush it down the toilet. Watch Dogs 2. <laughs> I won't. I won't watch the dogs. Won't you? Nope. Okay. But yeah, that's Assassin's Creed 3. As soon as we're done recording this, I'm going to go back and play some more of it, because yeah. I'm having a good time. Play the Creed. Yep. Yeah, I, I did this because I needed a break from Kingdom Hearts. If you've checked the blog or follow me on Twitter, you know that I decided to play all the Kingdom Hearts since we last did this and turn it into a podcast series because we can't do anything for fun. It has to be work. Uh, and I'm trying to get those together. So I played Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, and I'm hopefully recording the first two of those next weekend. They will go be going up when I get more done. Probably actually next year, but we'll see. I might start putting them up earlier, but all the Assassin's Creed's going to, or not Assassin's Creed, all the Kingdom Hearts is going to happen, and there will be podcasts with special guests, who I'm not going to announce until I have them recorded, because you know how that goes. I can't believe you've got Walt Disney. Walt Disney himself. I unfroze his head, and we're going to attach it to a voice box, and he is going to tell me how he feels about Mickey Mouse wearing a hood and fighting with a sword. <laughs> it's canon. It's canon. Yep. So while Mickey Ge- Mouse Mi- Mickey Mouse exchanges words with Final Fantasy characters, how does that feel? I'm Walt Disney. <laughs> That's my Walt Disney impression. That's okay. actually all he can say. <laughs> Great. You know, cryotechnology was not what it used to <laughs> no. be, what it is now back in the day. That's terrifying. The concept that you could be resurrected, but all you will be able to express is you are yourself. He's like a Pokemon. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> the coffee cup falls on the floor. <laughs> the existential terror of living only being able to like say your name. God damn it! If Mickey Mouse was invented today instead of in the '30s, he totally would only be able to say his own name. Would oh, just say Mickey over and over again? Yeah. Yeah, why would you want him to talk? It's true. Like, if you actually go back to when Mickey Mouse was a character and not a mascot, he's, like, full of stuff that you would never put in a character that you would make to sell things today. Mm-hmm. If all he can sell is his brand of Mickey Mouse. What is Mickey Mouse without a brand? Uh, a watch. <laughs> Damn it. There's gotta be people who exist who think of Mickey Mouse as, oh, that's that character from The Watch, who don't really know anything about Mickey Mouse being in cartoons, because they don't exist, really. I probably, I feel like they more more think, that's that character that comes up before the movies sometimes. I guess that's true, he does do that. Now that they've branded Walt Disney Animation Studios the way they have. They didn't used to be the case, it didn't used to do that. Nope, but it does now.
So, I've also played video games. What have you been playing? What day is it? Alright, it's the 4th of July. I wanted to ask you about a different thing before you got into this mess, but okay. So before I got into this mess, I did something else, which I'm going to talk about instead. I played Zelda. Uh, yeah. I played Link to the Past and Link's Awakening, I guess. Hooray. So, Hooray. we we episode three nope. of nope. this podcast? A two? It's episode four, but also, nope. I don't want people to listen to it. <laughs> if you go back and no. Jackson says you shouldn't, I'll admit Jackson says you shouldn't and they're rough. I say you should because our podcasts are evergreen. We design them that way. Even if they're a little rough, they're still listenable. They're better than a lot of gaming podcasts out there. Don't pretend they're not. Uh, we played Link to the Past and talked about it and you didn't like it very much back then. I kind of bounced off it and I was playing it at a, a weird time because I remember I was moving back and forth and I like had to play it on various different computers. Um and I had a really bad controller, so I couldn't do it. Like, I was using the 360 controller and trying to do combat on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you I feel need... like you should, use, you should just use the keyboard, honestly. Uh, I think I used the keyboard for when I got into the Dark World stuff, because I like okay. I, you need directional control. Yeah. Um, and also, I just didn't have a lot of the context of uh, games of that era to uh, like appreciate the way it just kind of video games appear in that game. Um, and... I don't know, just the learning process of learning, oh, this is what this game is and I have to play it this way and doing it, you know, like just going into that one first was probably a bad choice. But coming to it, having played Zelda 1 and really enjoyed it, um, and also just more older games and just with a couple more years of context and appreciation, uh, I thought Link to the Past was very good. I'm in shock, everyone, but I, I, Link to the Past is a good video game. I like Link's Awakening a lot more. Yeah, but. so Link's Link to the Past is great, whatever. You know, it's like, it was it was at the top of Nintendo Power's super, best Super Nintendo game as, like, fan-voted poll from the minute it came out till the minute they retired the Super Nintendo fan poll. Mm-hmm. So it's like, everyone that holds it up is like, oh, this is clearly, like, the best game of all time, or, like, one of them, you know, depending on your era. But it's always on the list. Mm-hmm. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about oh, the actual... Oh, Citizen Kane of video games. Let's talk about the actual Citizen Kane of video games. The 1993 classic Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. The so Game Link's, Boy. Link's Awakening was great. I played it without a guide. I had to like consult a guide a lot in um, Link, uh, Link the Past. It was my first uh, <coughs> Zelda game that I actually really... Oh, sorry. <sighs> it was my first uh, Zelda game that I actually like explored and took in a lot of the atmosphere and uh, played it just poking at it until things happened. And I feel like it's more approachable. Uh, it's like the the time the first time they really hit that balance for a, a human being in 2016 to actually go back and pre- appreciate rather than just uh, kids of the time that actually had the time to poke at Zelda forever. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's great, like the atmosphere and the melancholy and the thing that they're able to do by introducing story to that game. Uh, you can tell Miyamoto was not involved at all. That remains true. That, that was true back then as it is now. Uh, Miyamoto... Uh, made a fantastic game in Link to the Past, but there is a, uh, a soul present in uh, Link's Awakening that is just rougher and sadder than anything uh, Link to the Past does. That I I loved it. I loved it so much. Like the music's great. Everything about the island is great. Everything about uh, the way the like the, I also like the combat and the way uh, because it's on a Game Boy, it can't be as smooth as. Um, uh, Link to the Past, so it kind of goes back to Zelda 1-style sword combat, being more about specifically four directions, being very deliberate in, like, the strikes. Uh, so it's more of an action game. 
mm-hmm. uh, in that sense. So I really, yeah, I don't know. It felt like exactly the Zelda I was looking for, and I'm glad. I'm I'm excited to play the Oracles games one day because they're, they're I know they're based on the same engine. Yeah. Uh, so the thing with Link's Awakening, like this is the game I like. I grew up with this and Link to the Past, and so I I equate them as like kind of the same they're not the same video game but i equate them as like the same level of quality and my same amount of nostalgia to both of them in mm-hmm. my eyes yeah um but uh link's awakening has like this deep like emphasis on characters and the sadness to its world that the oracle games don't have at all the oracle games are like weird they have the weirdness but it's much goofier and more whimsical than mm-hmm. link's awakening link's awakening feels like the introduction of the zelda that you see in like majora's mask where it's like everything you recognize but everything's just like 30 degrees askew and everything feels very strange and unreal uh relative to the way zelda always works outside of those mm-hmm. uh but uh the the idea of Link as this kid, this hero kid that saves everything, uh, being put into a situation that is like always going to be bad, even without um, being explicit about it or like playing it as oh, this is a disaster coming. Like the plot of that game is very clearly hinting at oh, there's this dream of this windfish and this island might not be real, and everyone slowly realizes it as you go through the game, and you still play the Zelda game as a Zelda game, but you. It contextualizes that your actions might not actually be able to have the like positive effect that you want them to, and I don't know. I, I re- like Zelda before this has always been very A to B, and you do this, and then that unlocks the thing. You do this, and then you get the thing that can take you into the next cave. Uh, there is a one to one, um, like level of a chain of reactions, uh, and introducing just this like narrative layer of melancholy over that design suddenly makes those actions more impactful and i really appreciated what that how like the the possibility space that opens for when you designed Zelda in that way so i'm very very excited to get to majora's mask scene majora's mask is the saddest of zeldas i know it's uh it's kind of it's kind of like an actual bummer it's good it's a good game but man sometimes that game can be like melancholy in like a way that seems very overwhelming Mm -hmm. uh before that you have ocarina of time ahead of you which is I'm really interested to see how you feel about that. I, I can't wait to have a conversation about that video game. It's going to be strange because I'm very excited to play it, but I also am like feel like I know it what it is already because I'm like, that's capital V video games. That is what I understand to be video games. I, I feel like I know it all, but I know that's not true. Like I know some of the time stuff and like some of the plot stuff, but I don't know anything about the actual puzzles. Of, I've done combat when I tried it a little bit uh, back in the day. The, like, I actually haven't played it, so I'm going to have... As it becomes a thing that is real and not this theoretical thing that I assume I understand, uh, I don't know. We'll see which way it's going to go in the vegetables canon. <laughs> it is maybe the most vegetable now, to be fair, because you'll just see every video game has stolen it and done it a thousand times better. Oh, sure, but like sometimes those uh, vegetables go and I'm like, oh, this is actually really cool and there's this special thing here that I didn't realize. Uh, like, you know... I just I don't I don't think Ocarina is that game. No, Maybe. It, it could it could just be the psycho of video games. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, for listeners that don't know, that's what I think of Psycho. I also think that of Psycho, where Psycho like. I saw Psycho just like maybe two, three years ago at this point. Yeah. Three, three. Uh, and my reaction was, I didn't realize there was like a cool thriller in the first 40 minutes of this movie before <laughs> it goes directly downhill. I because I knew everything about Psycho after like the, like in the murder, like once she gets to the hotel. 
but because of that, none of that worked for me at all. I just thought it was like kind of dull the and boring. The reverse twist of Psycho is that they put the good movie at the start of the movie <laughs> rather yep. than putting the good movie at the back half of the movie. The, the part where it's just kind of a breezy, like kind of tongue in cheek Hitchcock thriller in the first like third is actually amazing. <laughs> yeah, and she's just like leaving her job. What's the video game equivalent of that? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think there is one. No. Like I guess Monica Saw Two. No, that's very different. No, no, no. There's there's no video game. There's no video game equivalent of like that exact thing, huh? Weird. I no. bet I can think of one, but I'm not going to spend the time doing it now. Yep. Uh, questions at abnormalmapping.com <laughs> if you have an answer. What is the psycho of video games? Podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Oh right, podcast at abnormalmapping.com. My bad. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess, I guess I should talk about it now. <laughs> Yeah, talk about what you've spent your last three weeks doing. So, I'm going to check what day it was. I'm gonna lo- okay. I'm going to load up Steam. I'm going to see which day I bought them, because I know it was the day after I bought them that I really that I really went in. Cause I was like, that oh, fateful day. There's a, there's a Steam sale on. Oh, what should I get? Oh, I think I'm, I think I'm going to get Dead Rising. I think I'm going to buy uh, the Dead Rising... Uh, pack. I am going to play those games, uh, and I did. I was like, I'm going to play through Dead Rising two off the record. I haven't. I I played the third one, the first one originally uh, in 2007. Didn't finish it, but I enjoyed it. Uh, never finished Dead Rising two. I should try to do that. Let's just let's just do that. But then I thought, I can't. I can't do that, can I? I should. I should make sure that I go back and actually play the first dead rising oh and i never got the mega buster in the original dead rising so i should definitely make sure to run over zombies in the garage for four hours before i start the game and so last monday i sat down <laughs> and i just did that and then i played all the dead rising that there was and then i played dead rising one two and three in a week and that's what i did with my time don't do that, people. Don't play Dead Rising for like six days straight. Don't do it. So please give me the narrative of the Dead Rising experience. <laughs> you actually want the narrative of Dead Rising because it's too. No, much? I don't. I don't want the narrative of Dead Rising. I want the narrative of Dead Rising experience. Okay, so you sit down day one and you load up a podcast or you're on Skype to you and you're like, I'm running over these zombies. I'm gonna get this Mega Buster. It's gonna be fine. It's kind of boring. It's whatever. You run over the zombies and you're like, oh, whew. finally, now I can play the game. Uh, once that's done, so you kill 53,595 zombies or whatever, and then you begin the game again, and you're like, I, let's go, let's do this. Uh, and then you start the game, and you're like, okay, it's time to do Dead Rising. And Dead Rising, once you uh, are as high level as I was by then, with um, though that weapon, and also had the context of like knowing the layout uh, of them all, it gets, it's a much more manageable game. I'm really good at Dead Rising, apparently, also. Uh, I find it very easy to manage time in games, or not necessarily easy, but it's it's like I can't. I'm not gonna fuck about while the timer goes down. I gotta I I gotta do what I gotta do. I gotta do the timer stuff. Uh, so I always make it to all my objectives on time. I never like let a mission slip. I saved all the people I could save. Um, I I I really love that first Dead Rising game. I think it's fantastic uh, until the final boss, which is atrocious. Uh, and. It's just this this weird game of timers going down and you escorting really bad AI survivors through a mall. Uh, like it, it, it's uh, hilarious that game ever got a franchise because uh, it's the most weird niche Japanese game in that the actual game part of the game is 
you walking with bad AI through a mall ad infinitum. The same mall. And so that's funny. Like, oh, that's really cool. This is a really cool, really cool game that I really enjoy. And then you finish that and it ends very strong uh, until the final boss. Like, the... It ends with you going down this corridor filled with zombies and you have this, like, deodorant that is an anti-zombie deodorant. <laughs> and you have to just kind of push them away from you and, like, switch. What? It's really good. What? <laughs> she develops the anti-deodorant, the anti-zombie, like, it's not cool, they don't call it a deodorant, but it's a spray. And, okay. And then it, like, it becomes smaller and you're like, okay, so you take that, I'm going to go through the zombie. It's it's cool. Anyway, uh, and then, so I'm, I've come off on a high. I come off Dead Rising 1 on a high. I think it's a really good game. I'm like, I should. I'm curious about Dead Rising 2. Uh, and then I start 2, and they change a lot of things. It's, it's 2 is a fascinating game. It is a look at what would happen if you gave Canada the exact design document as this weird niche Japanese game, and they had to make it exactly as was written, but also change all these intangible things to actually make it palatable to Western audiences. And so all the time has become less um, stringent. Uh, the camera moves in and it becomes uh, less about your sense of space and more about your like ability to punch dudes. Um, the uh, story goes from being about this fuck-up dude in this weird conspiracy to this cool dude to ha- has to save his dad, uh, has to save his daughter. Uh, and I don't know, it's it's weird. I, 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 that game's fine, it's whatever. Uh, in, in The Shadow of Dead Rising 3, it's fantastic. Uh and then you get to day four in this, because also this is only taking me four days apparently, because I just did nothing but play Dead Rising in the aftermath of my country falling apart. Uh, <laughs> and then Dead Rising three begins, and it's the longest, most tedious open world game ever made, because you just kill zombies forever, so you can get the thing to kill more zombies, because they took out all the video game, because no one actually likes escorting survivors, because that you can't put that in a video game, no one would like it, so you just kill zombies, that's all you do, for like 20 hours, over the course of three days, and I by the time I was done with it, I was so, so tired of zombies, and video games, and myself, and everything, I, I had so many regrets, I had so many regrets. Do not play all three Dead Rising games in a week. Do not do it. That's what I learned. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to play any three video game, like three in a franchise in a week. That's not that's not sustainable. Nope. Jackson. Yep. You should play different games. I will. The whole point. I played Dead Rising because I was like, oh, I shouldn't play three Zeldas in a row. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's what I did. I think you actually ended up doing way more harm to yourself, but okay. I can't fucking help myself. I shake my head. I shake my head. You should. You should shake your head. Dead Rising has really complicated lore. You explain a little bit of me of of it to me. I don't think it deserves repeating though, because it all sounds really bad. It's really bad. The first game's got some good stuff, and then the second game goes to weird places, and then the third game just falls off a bridge. Why do you think? Why do you think Dead Rising went the way it did? Well, because the first game is just like insert the Japanese video game plot. It's just you know Resident Evil or Metal Gear or something when there's a like conspiracy with which is about how America is bad and. uh 
that it is uncovered in this very slow way where everyone is lying to you the whole time and lays this really strange groundwork. And then the stuff that they had to work with to make that a Western dark series of video games, it, it, it just... Oh. There's a scene in Dead Rising 3 where every single character who you've ever talked to in a Dead Rising game except Frank West shows up and just gives like a three second, I'm this guy from this game, hello! <sighs> Do you think the people who played Dead Rising in 2006, like, recognized it as this Japanese plot, like, story about anti-Americanism? Or do you think they just saw the cool zombie killing game and that's I, why it went the way it did? Oh, totally the latter. I mean, people don't even recognize Metal Gear as that. I, I find that unfathomable, <laughs> but okay. Dan Riker exists. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dan Riker's, like, not a human being. He's, like, a cartoon heel, but sure. Sure, but, like, he's, like, theoretically smart enough to understand that. And, like, if I explain it to him, I probably, he probably could see it, but, like, chooses not to. So, uh, like, yeah, like, totally that. Also, at that point in 2006, uh, a video game with that style of Japanese storytelling wasn't a novelty. (laughs) Yet. Mm, mm, I think it was definitely becoming that. Don't, don't becoming that but it like it at the time it didn't feel like the swan song for like japanese ps2 games which it totally does playing it now fair enough that's the ps2-ness of that game is <laughs> profound that's the only one i've played i have not played two or three i probably never will nope no you shouldn't i've i've doubled down on being the assassin's creed person you can be the dead rising person i think i've come out the better, like i have to play more video games but i think i have a better time <sighs> you know i'm gonna play uh you know i'm gonna play dead rising 4 because you go back to the original mall yeah no and i i thought i was gonna play four because i'm like a christmas game but you're con- you're like conversing with you about dead rising has made me think maybe i'll never play dead rising ever and i'll be happy well dead rising one's really good but then you'd have to learn on your 360 yeah and i like i've played a couple hours of dead rising more than a couple i don't like dead rising very much yeah also the things i enjoy about it i recognize as being like like oh you shouldn't I wouldn't say that uh, Dead Rising as a game in which you escort bad AI through a mall of zombies, because that that is the game. And if you don't like that, then you're not going to like the game. Uh, and most people wouldn't like that. Why would you like that? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't like that. I can tell you right now. <laughs> no, do not yeah. like. Whereas I like doing that on a timer. Apparently, that's me. And I was very sad. You're just when I took a monster. It <laughs> I know. It's so good. It's so tense. You're like, oh shit, they're gonna make it through. Okay, gotta get them the right orange juice. And then I don't. I'm stressed enough. I don't need extra stressors in my life. Yeah, like but I this. managed it. I managed it, and I came out on top. Oh, no, <laughs> no. What if I just chill and let my numbers go up, and then beat a thing? That well, sounds like a game I want to play. May I introduce Dead Rising Three to you? No, no, because I I want I want anime while I do it. Oh, that's true. Well, I don't need gruff guy while I do it. <laughs> anime has plenty of gruff guys. Do they? In a, in a different kind of gruff, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, not the same thing. <laughs> That's not the same thing. Name me an anime gruff guy. I don't fucking know. I haven't watched enough anime, and the anime I do watch doesn't have gruff guys. Yeah. The closest you can get is Solid Snake, and he barely counts. Yep. I mean, Big big Boss is a gruffer guy than Solid Snake. Mm, that's true. I guess that's true. Keitha Sutherland. Oh, that's not anime anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> Metal Gear used to be anime, and then they made those realistic Metal Gears, and nobody played them. I played them. I know you did. I know. I've listened to the podcasts. <laughs> the, the proof is out there. You can't hide this yep. from me. Yeah, the 80,000 words you wrote is out there. <sighs> it's been a year Jackson, today. 
Jackson, do you just want to answer some questions and get out of here? Let's do this. Let's end this podcast up. Okay. Uh, if you have questions, we've said it twice now, you can go to podcast.normalmapping.com. Send us some questions, some thoughts, whatever you have. Email. Jackson, you have an email to read, right? I do have an email to read. It is from Alan Ibrahim. Okay. Entitled, Hideo Kojima's Jupiter Ascending. Hmm. I don't think Hideo Kojima would make Jupiter Ascending any better. He would make it far worse. Yeah, yeah, they are. The, the sensibilities uh, of that are very different. Yes. Alan's question is, one, what defines an abnormal mapping kind of game? I know them when I see them immediately. <laughs> they say, the weird of Final Fantasies, Lily, Etrian Odyssey, that weird kid Dracula game Emma's playing on YouTube. I don't know what that means. I assume it means mostly Japan and then weird small games. The weirder Final Fantasies, like Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII, and Final Fantasy IV. They are, they're incredibly weird Final Fantasies. But I can't put my finger on what defines the ideal AM game. Is it an aesthetic, a lack of critical discussion, or a gameplay style? <laughs> I don't know, Alan. The games that are good? So I actually don't think that, like, I think we actively, like, you and me both have aesthetics of games that we go for. like. Yes. Castlevania is totally in my wheelhouse. Like you like Tony Hawk's, uh, you know, you have an aesthetic. I don't. I couldn't name it. The fact that you played a bunch of Dead Rising is in your aesthetic. <laughs> that, that you like. You hear that and you say, "Yeah, of course." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not surprised. Just a little disappointed. Uh, but for the, the games that we play for, like the podcast, I feel like we go out of our way to try a bunch of different stuff. Yep. Like. The podcast is defined by us looking at games that we haven't played or thought about playing or like, like, you know, these are games that we need to put in us to understand video games better and go out and do that stuff. Like the games that are like the aesthetic, like the Final Fantasies are just because Jackson never played them and we need to bone up a bit. Like I've done them all. I don't need to play them again. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying the opportunity to, but... And I wouldn't even call them like if it wasn't for the fact that they're like historically important, we probably wouldn't have bothered with them. No. Uh, because they're too long. They're too long. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I feel like uh, Jap- Japan is a big one, but only in the sense that I th- want my arc in abnormal mapping has been discovering how much I like uh, Japanese games as someone who didn't grow up playing them. It, video games used to be this. It used to be this all the time. It was great back in the day. And I don't want to say all games were better back before, because they weren't. But back when Japanese games were regular and dependable and good... Video games, there were better good stuff. Before the dark times, before the titty. Uh, Before the titty and before (laughs) shooters ate everything. I mean, I know that's the real answer, but it's not as good. (laughs) Shooters in Grand Theft Auto just ate everything. Mm -hmm. And all that we were left with was anime girls and card games and bullshit. Yakuza's still around, thank God. I don't know how, (laughs) but Yakuza's still around. I don't don't know. I'm going to be playing more of them this year. But yeah, like the abnormal mapping aesthetic doesn't like that's something that doesn't really exist. Like when I think of the games that like define us having done this podcast is games like Yakuza, which I guess is in that aesthetic. Yeah, but and but Planescape. It's also stuff like yeah, it's like Planescape, like Ace Combat, which I guess counts as Japan. <laughs> but <laughs> you can't does. make a thing as you can't make a category as broad as Japan when you're playing old games because nope. they're half of old games basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, 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 and I like you know, it's not that we only like Japanese games like Sleeping Dogs. Sleeping Dogs is really good. Sleeping Dogs is fucking good. Yep. Uh, we played uh, Grim Fandango. Grim Fandango is amazing. Grim Fandango. Yeah. No, it's just we like games that are good. I think, like, if you want to pick the games that are this aesthetic, like, 
walking simulators and old games are what we play. I, th- I think old games is. I th- I feel like if I was to old actually say the, like really the thing that defines a null mapping because uh, this is the most intentional thing it is a like newfound love of older games that would that hasn't come from nostalgia like we went and f- sought something out and then really enjoyed it and yeah. we seem like we're the only ones talking about it only because the culture doesn't really support lots of people playing older games yeah people don't so, really go back and play games in the way like some people do but it's not as common a thing as you know have many people playing whatever you know what just came out doom Overwatch. that's done overwatch yeah there you go there's a game play old games play old games that's what like that's my recommendation if you want to know where our aesthetic is it's old games it always has been it always will be they're so cheap we do small weird stuff like every once in a while sometimes we'll just do like a big game like we're not above it like it's not like we don't play new games it's just every other podcast is talking about them (laughs) we're saying this but our next game is totally peak our aesthetic (laughs) (laughs) so i have another question from uh the other person who could write in from Fireside Friends, Ryan. Oh, we had one more question from Alan. Oh, did we? Oh, what was the other question? Was, what is the Jupiter sending of games? Have we found it already? And if not, who do you think would make it? Uh, I don't think we have it yet, but that's only because no one has given Nina Freeman that much money. But I think she would make it. That's true. Like, between, like her and Christine Love are the only people I would trust with the Jupiter sending of video games. Has there even been the fifth element of video games yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like remember me is like the fifth element of video games, right? On some. Oh level? yeah, no, totally. Yes, <laughs> yes. Remember me is the fifth element of video games. Yeah, but no, those are the two people that I would want to make that game. Yeah, maybe two. The both of them working together, like that's really where the it dream go. team. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ryan asked. While the Steam sale is still in the mind, as we're recording this, the Steam sale ended like six hours ago, something like that. Uh, what are the some games that are so important you would recommend to folks relentlessly? Which are like, I guess, the ones that you're always like, hey, play this. Uh, you want to you name like, say three. Let's do three. Three? Hate plus? Yeah. I will try not, I will try to name different games than you. So okay, so we trading back and forth? <laughs> uh, no, you can just name three. Oh, shit. I'll take the hard job. Okay, I mean, I guess it's harder, but now I have to think of two more. Um, yeah. Uh, Analog and Hate Plus is like the default. It's yes. the thing I answered Ryan on Twitter with. If you have not played Analog and Hate Plus, go fucking play those games. They're so important, and so few people seem to talk about them. Uh, for sure, yeah. No, that, like when I played Hate Plus, I assumed it was going to become this modern classic, uh, and it didn't <laughs> at all. Like people who know about it say that's a good game, but no, it's phenomenal. Yeah, uh, I love it so much. Um. What else? Uh, like, I feel like a lot of stuff we covered in our all. Like, I don't want to say Yakuza Three, even though or Planescape, even though we just said both of those. Yeah, you know, Yakuza and Planescape. Are we gonna write more games off the list and say like not Bees Wing, even though that should be on there? Not Attack of the Friday Monsters, though that would be on there. You be- should play those games. Atta- those are all on uh, there. Bees Wing and Attack of the Friday Monsters count in the spirit of like games that have been under, like games that we are championing. That's fair. Um, and I guess like. Uh, even Yuck's accounts. Planescape doesn't, because that's that's got its champions. Yep. Um, if you're someone who didn't grow up with PC games, though, go play it. It's still accessible. It's still good. Go play it. Go play Planescape. Fucking yeah. go play Planescape. Yeah. Well, you know, that kind of stuff. Good games. You still did not name three games. I totally so. named three games. I just named them all in a very weird, non-committal fashion. Mm-hmm. That's me. Mm-hmm. That's me. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Go play Nobi Nobi Boy. Like that's Fuck. all you really need to do. Yes. Press. Sit down and play some non-games. Like that's what you should do. Sit the fuck down. Find me the Pac-Man Pac-Man button and have a good time. You know, maybe play Pac-Man Championship Edition DX while you're at it. Yeah. Just just listen to the title music. No, the game's good too. Don't pretend it's not. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Just turn around and eat all those ghosts. And then we had maybe like a an audience question this time. What's the audience was- question? My Excuse question me. to the audience was, who is Jackson's video game waifu? And we got some replies. I don't even know how this came up, either than I was trolling you about something. Yeah, you were trolling me about something. Do you remember what it was? It was literally two hours ago, and I don't know what it is Fucking no. So much has happened since then. So, we have some audience responses. Uh, Michael Baginski says, the fear from Metal Gear Solid 3. <laughs> Of all the memorable video game characters. Like one of- Cho says uh, the concept of the dissolution of UKIP. That's not what... The dissolution Wait. of UKIP. What, like, that's almost a joke that she doesn't realize she's making. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then her real answer was Solid Snake. Nope. Ryan, not knowing the horrible can of worms they've opened, says Squall when the answer is clearly C for if we're talking about we already, The problem is we already did this last time. Uh, and if you ask me, it's Sasuke Uchiha, of course. <laughs> That's the same answer as Ryan. No. <laughs> You're all fucking just like control F sad boys, apparently. <laughs> Shinji. <laughs> Ugh. Is Shinji your waifu? Shinji is no one's waifu. <laughs> Are you sure? Oh god, I hope not. Frank West, your waifu? Frank West is definitely my waifu. <laughs> I mean, the real answer is Tony Hawk, right? <laughs> like, not even joking. Definitely. Yeah. No one understands So those are the questions. Uh, we don't have more audience questions. I'll try to think of some for the next podcast. It's true. What horrible things can I troll Jackson with? I mean, a lot. Like... A lot. <laughs> you Look, you play Dead Rising without me doing saying anything. You do way worse to yourself yep. than I would ever do to you. But that's it. If you have questions, of course, podcast.normalmapping.com. Next time, we're going to do this weird thing that we said we weren't going to do anymore and have a game club game. Whoa! Um... You know, this was an experiment. If you like this, let me know. If you didn't, let me know. I don't know. Let us know. <laughs> One way or another, say something. Say something. Somebody, please, for the love of God, tell me this podcast is worth listening to. We need all the validation we can get. But we are going to play... I can't even remember the name of the game now. Come on! EG. No, sorry. I literally Binary forgot. Domain. <laughs> Binary Domain. Yes. This game has been on our list of things we should do for the podcast for about two years now. Yes. So here we go. We're going to do it. We we might have a special guest. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. It's in the air still. It's in the air still. But we, Binary Domain will get played. The big bow will happen. That's all I know about the game. I don't even know. Is it? Is it? It's like a shooter, right? It's a shooter. Uh, I, I, I did. Nope. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I think it's just a shooter. Uh, I know the big thing that happens in that game. Okay. But only in like very broad terms. Okay. Is it like Vanquish? Because we saw how that went. Uh, I know it is often compared to Vanquish, but I also know it's what made if, by the Yakuza team. So, oh, what if what if this is Vanquish again? No, please no. Oh. We're those people. We're the people that don't like Vanquish. You want to know the anti-abnormal mapping aesthetic, Vanquish? You're like, oh, they just like all Japanese games. No, 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 no we no, don't. Nah, because sometimes they make Vanquish. <laughs> 
It's the name of my horror movie from the 70s. Sometimes they make Vanquish. <laughs> what is Vanquish? Like, how do you make Vanquish? I don't know. I don't know. Once upon a time, Shinji Mikami had a fever dream. <laughs> you shoot the credits, and that's pretty good. Yeah, but the credits mini game is the best part, and that's sad. I know. And this podcast, debt. Set us We're free. done. This podcast is over. Hooray! Uh, I hope you like this weird experiment. Uh, we, we'll, we'll do more of them, probably. I don't know. We're not committing to every two weeks, but some two weeks. Yeah. Some two weeks. Some two weeks. Bye. Too. But that's a